Hello, and welcome back to Bible Plus. Revelation 12 brings us to the beginning of the detail section. As was mentioned in the podcast for chapters 1 and 11, uh, the book of Revelation is comprised primarily of two sections. Chapter 1 to 11 gives us the, the overview of the events, particularly chapter 6 through 11, uh, the events from Christ's ascension to the end of the present age. And in chapter 12 to 22, uh, loop back over those events and examine details in them, uh, particularly pertaining to the last three and a half years of this age and stretching forward into eternity, as we will see in the New Jerusalem chapters 21 and 22. Revelation 12 then begins this process of details. At the outset, I want to emphasize the tone of this chapter. It is rejoicing and exultation. The kingdom of God has come. Listen to this declaration in verse 10. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers has been cast down, who accuses them before our God day and night. We're not focusing on the accuser. He's been cast down. Hallelujah. And in fact, his being cast down is the signal. The, it's the inauguration of the kingdom in this stage. So the Lord taught us to pray in Matthew 6. He said, pray, Father, your kingdom come. When the Lord was speaking to the disciples right at the beginning of Acts, Acts 1-3, he, he spoke to them for 40 days concerning the kingdom of God. In, at the end of Acts, Acts 28, Paul is preaching with boldness, unhindered, the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God has been this focus throughout the New Testament. And in Revelation 12-10, we are told, it has come. No wonder the heavens are rejoicing. We know the kingdom has come because Satan, the accuser, has been cast down. And he and his fallen angels have been displaced from heaven. Verse 8 says their place was no longer found in heaven. This is because they have been replaced. This is all precipitated by this momentous event, this gathering, a, a catching away, a rapture of God's overcoming believers. Okay, let's go back and consider the chapter from the beginning. But I wanted to, to show us to set the tone, it's a tone of victory. We, we don't, I don't want us to be distracted about kind of what does it mean to be clothed with the sun? What, what, what does it mean that the earth helped the woman? Now, I'm, let's be very clear, I am not against the study of prophecy. I really think we should do our best to get into these things, especially uh, in small groups, prayerfully, with commentaries, with fellowship, Unfortunately, I only have 10 minutes, so I really want to focus on the triumph and the, the coming of the kingdom. So the start of this chapter, uh, we, we see the woman. She's clothed with the sun, the, the moon's under her feet, the stars like a crown on her head. And, and so this, this is a picture of the church. Uh, this is the aggregate of God's believers for, for all of time. This is this, in this kind of this person. Uh, and this person is is bringing forth something. She's in labor. She's bearing a child, and also she she's being persecuted. 
by by this dragon. So you know, we 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 recognize the church. The church is always laboring to bring forth something. We're we're bringing forth Christ in people. We we want to beget the person of the Lord Jesus and his life into someone. And we, then we want to foster that life so it can grow and it can, uh, it can mature to, to full growth. And so we, we are always laboring with something and we're always under some persecution. These are the, the markers that show us the church. Uh, and so we see the church and we see the enemy, but what is it that the church is bringing forth? And, and here we're going to touch on something that may be a little unfamiliar to some of you. Uh, this is the concept that uh, among God's people, there, there are certain mature believers that, that have reached even a standard of maturity. Uh, I, I want to be clear. Uh, these are the, all the people that constitute the woman. All these believers are God's genuine called believers. They are all regenerated. These these are the ones God has marked out from the foundation of the earth. But among those ones, there have some, there are some that have taken the lead to mature, to grow up in the faith, to not be little children, as, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, to arrive at a full-grown man, at the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. These these ones are capable of doing something that God has been waiting on. It's, it's a kind of an interesting concept. God's been waiting for something, but we'll, we'll get into it a little more. God has been looking for a group of people who would, who would in reality be the brothers to his firstborn son. So that these ones, just as the Lord told the Pharisees, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you because he was standing in the middle of them, that he, he was the kingdom of God there. God has been looking for, for some people, for some believers that would take the Lord's pattern, that wherever they are, that is the kingdom of God. Their living is the kingdom of God. So, okay, so these ones that are mature, they, they get matured when there's, when there's sufficient number of them, they are caught up to heaven, and what do they do? What, what do they do in heaven? They start a war, and that's what God's been waiting for. They, they begin the execution of a judgment that was passed at the cross of Christ. God has been waiting for a creation to replace and displace his rebellious, fallen creation, Satan. God is waiting for people who, given the choice, will choose God, defeating the serpent who only chose himself. These mature ones, these overcomers, are identified by three main characteristics in verse 11. And I want to spend the rest of our time here. We, we want to be these people. We want to be those casting Satan out of heaven from banning him from heaven, from, from accusing the brothers. Don't you want to be there? <laughs> okay, the, these three things tell us exactly what kind of people these are, these, these victors, and, and what kind of life they have. Okay, they, they overcome the accuser. And how, how did they conquer him? Literally, the Greek there is conquer. How did they... How did they overcome the accuser? Three things. By the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and by not loving their soul life, even unto death. 
even the order here is just, it's wonderful. I'd wager in some of you, and there's a concept, uh, a preconception, because it still exists to some degree in me, that someone who is this kind of mature, who overcomes, who can be part of this this Satan-casting-down group, uh, surely this person is is done with failure. They, they have completely defeated the concept of, of sin in them. They, 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 it's foreign that they would have a shortage in, in their living. But that's, that's not what it says here. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. When the Lord has brought us to this stage of maturity, we will realize that we need the blood of Christ so much. We need it more than we ever knew before. We need, we will, we will recognize the true poverty of our condition and we will cling to the blood of Christ. They overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. That's the first thing mentioned. I just, that's really touching. The second thing is the word of their testimony. And, and I want to talk about this a little. A lot of times we'll, we'll say, we'll talk about someone's testimony or, or we'll ask someone to share their testimony. And, and what we mean is, tell me your story. How did you get saved? How did you come to be here? How did you first meet Seesaw, etc.? And that's, that's wonderful. But that's not the testimony that we're talking about here that, that defeats Satan. The testimony that defeats Satan is the work of Christ. What, uh, what has annulled the power of death? What, what has condemned sin in the flesh? It's Christ. It's his cross. It is his resurrection. What, what we speak, the word of our testimony to the enemy, to Satan, is that Jesus, a man, a man from Nazareth, defeated you. He judged you in the flesh. John 16, 11 says, the ruler of this world has been judged. God raised him from the dead. It was not possible for death, the greatest enemy, to hold him. Satan, you've been defeated. You're bound. And as we'll see in just a few chapters of Revelation, you've been cast in the lake of fire. John has seen you there. It's already done. That's our testimony to him. The third thing that we see about these overcomers is they love not their soul life even unto death. Sorry, I memorized this verse in a, a, a old translation. This goes back to the Lord's word in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And he goes on, whoever loses his soul life for my sake will find it. We can see from the context of that passage that Denying the soul life is a direct rejection of the satanic element within us. Denying our soul life, there, there could be and there have been entire conferences on, on this concept. So just briefly, to, to deny the soul life is to not spare our preference, our choices, our loves, but to let the cross of Christ come in and touch all of it. Then, like we discussed in the letter to the church in Ephesus in chapter 2, Christ was the first love, the best love, the first place. So we go back to the enemy in this verse, and he's called the accuser here. What does he accuse us about? He accuses these overcomers about their sins, about their weaknesses. He accuses them about their love and their choices. These people 
have answered his accusations. They've said, don't talk to me about my failures. Look at the blood of Jesus. Don't tell me about my weaknesses. Look at the cross of Christ. Don't talk to me about my preferences. I choose to be ruled by God. I love him first. So thoroughly, so we're, we're way over time. But I, I think this is so wonderful. And that's why there's this cry of joy in the heavens. Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of, our Christ, of his Christ. Because the life of Jesus has really been lived out in people. And that life always overcomes Satan. That life spontaneously kicks him out of heaven. He has no more place to accuse the brothers. He has been defeated by a man, Jesus. And that man's life has been replicated in real, regular people with problems and with struggles, which they overcame by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and not loving their soul life even unto death. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for being with us. I hope to see you again for Revelation 13.